0: Worship on this second Sunday of Advent. My name is Sarah R. and I'm the youth pastor and young adult pastor here. And it is my joy to welcome you to Preston Hollow on this beautiful Sunday. If you would take a moment to grab the friendship pad in your pew, sign them, pass them to your neighbor so that you might greet one another by name, we would be so grateful. I also invite you to take note of the prayer and connect cards in your pews. Those are there for you to use, so please feel free to use them. Friends, one of our greatest temptations in the Advent season is to sing Christmas music before it's actually Christmas. I don't know if you all know, but this is a struggle for your leadership sometimes. (laughs) So this week we have two opportunities to really soak up some of that beautiful Christmas music and we'll hope you'll come. Tonight here in the sanctuary, we have Carol Fest at five o'clock. And then on Tuesday, we have a Christmas Pipings concert So please check out your bulletin for details on those and get excited for some of that beautiful holiday music. Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. So we gather together to worship our good and holy God. Let us worship.
1: Please join me at the call of worship. Jesus did not wait to teach.
2: Jesus did not wait to love. He
1: Jesus did not wait to offer peace. He
2: befriended young and old, Jews and Gentiles, past collectors and lovers. So today we light the candle of peace as a reminder of what cannot wait during this Advent season. May the desire to sow peace kindle in us like a light in the darkness. Let us us worship worship, holy God. God. Amen. The Gospel of
1: Mark uses the word immediately more than any other book in scripture 42 times. Everything in Mark has a sense of urgency. At times I feel this way about the prayer of confession. I know that the world is not as it should be and so we approach this prayer with a sense of urgency and a heavy dose of honesty. Friends, please pray with me our prayer of confession to our ever-patient God. God of creation, you tell us to prepare the way.
3: You invite us to open our hearts
1: and homes for you to move in, to blaze a trail for justice, and to spread the word of your love. However, instead of preparing for you, we confess to preparing for earthly matters. Too often we spend our energy and time on the wrong things, losing sight of you in the midst of our to-do lists and traditions. Forgive us, recenter us, infuse your spirit into our earthly tasks so that all our work might be holy work. With hope we pray. Amen. Amen. Family of God, the good news of the gospel is just that. It's good news, joyful news, worthy of angel choruses, brass bands, and deep laughter. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith in jesus christ we are forgiven thanks be to god amen as we have been honest before god our honesty has made us whole again so let us greet one another with joy as siblings in christ the peace of christ be with you and also with you we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, please pray with me. God of all, as we come to the text, we are mindful that we have not come first, for others have been there before us, and we do not come alone, for a cloud of witnesses await us, So we give you thanks for the brave people of the text, prophets and apostles, saints and martyrs. These cadences come easy to us and are familiar. But if we pray slowly, we acknowledge that despite our familiarity, we are slow to hear and slower to heed. So center us now. Open us to hear and receive your word, as those before us have have faithfully have. Amen.
3: This Advent season, we're looking at who Jesus is in each of the Gospels. Uh, Depending on how you approach each Gospel, especially in chapter 1, you may hear a different version of Christ promised, For instance, uh, I would invite you uh, to find the blue book, the Bible in front of you, and to open to the Gospel of Mark this morning and to the birth narrative of Jesus. So open with me to Mark 1, and we're going to turn to the birth narrative of Jesus. Some of you are looking at me with puzzled looks because you know what I know. In the Gospel of Mark, there is no birth narrative of Jesus. There's no uh, in. There's no Mary and Joseph. Uh, There is... There are no wise magi. Um, There are no sheep and donkeys. There's none of that. In the Gospel of Mark, uh, we don't even get that Jesus was born at all. Which is interesting uh, when you consider that uh, the Gospel of Mark is the earliest gospel that was written. It was written in the year 30. It was the first of the synoptic gospels of Matthew and Luke. Uh, Most scholars believe, uh, major scholarship understands, that Mark's gospel was used as a template to write Matthew and Luke. So if Mark is the earliest gospel that we have, if it was a template for Matthew and Luke, where is the birth narrative? Is it not important? Maybe it is important. But it seems to me that the gospel of Mark... uh, has something more that he wants us to know immediately from the very beginning. The Gospel of Mark, only 16 chapters. The Gospel of Mark gets into Jesus' ministry in the very first chapter. The rest of the Gospels, it takes at least two to three chapters to get to Jesus' ministry. So we are told from the beginning that this Jesus is something different for the world we should pay attention. So listen now for the word of the Lord to all of us this day from the Gospel of Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer, John the Baptist, appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John, John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So in those days... Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, and just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O God, that you hover here. You hover in the sanctuary just as you hovered over the waters of creation, so we ask that you would reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words. That they would be your word to us here and now. And that you would breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts. That all would be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it was my birthday. My sister Bethany and Sarah, my wife, uh, took me out to surprise me for dinner. We went to a Thai restaurant right there in the heart of Midtown in Atlanta. I thought the surprise was that they were gonna remember my birthday and take me out to dinner, but then the check came. (laughs) Now we're all on it, it's good. The check came and they said, we have a surprise for you. And I thought, should I be nervous or should I be excited? And they said, no, you should be excited because we have tickets for you to go hear your favorite author release his new book tonight. I was ecstatic. Pat Conroy is my favorite author of all time. He's a southern literature author, and if you've never heard of him, you're welcome. (laughs) We went to the Carter Center, just down the street, where we heard Pat release his new book, South Abroad. And during the question and answer section, he said something that I'll never forget. He said, I spend more time writing the opening sentence to every novel I write than I spend on the rest of the book. I spend more time writing the opening sentence to every novel I write then I spend writing the entire book. Now, I got to tell you, I love Pat Conroy. I have read every one of his writings. So when he said that, I felt a little deflated because I got to tell you, I never paid attention to the opening line. And so when we got home, I ran right to the bookcase, and I pulled down every Pat Conroy book. I started with The Water is Wide, I opened it up, I read the opening line. I moved right to Boo, I opened it, read the opening line. Moved to The Great Santini, and then My Losing Season, then I, read, then I opened up Beach Music, I read the opening line, then I opened up South Abroad. Then I opened up The Prince of Tides. And there it was. He was right. Every opening line was pure poetry. It was power, it was heartbreaking, it was gut-wrenching, it was exciting. It was convicting. Opened up the Prince of Tides and it has been my favorite line in all of literature. Pat Conroy writes, my wound is my geography, is also my anchorage and my port of call. My wound is my geography, it's my anchorage, it's my port of call. I got to tell you, if you locked me in my office for 10 years, I could never write a line that good. <laughs> Maybe you could. I can't ever since that night I have paid attention to every opening line of an article I've read or a book that I've read and in particular to every opening line of Scripture and I got to tell you we have to pay attention to the first line of the Gospel of Mark this morning because the Gospel of Mark is telling us something very important important right out of the gate there is no birth narrative There are no stories of Jesus when he was a child. Mark says, this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark is telling us, pay attention. Something's going to happen here. Make sure that you understand every page that you read beyond this page, you see through that lens. There's two things I think Mark wants us to know from the very beginning. Jesus... Is news, news uh, by default, is information that we should pay attention to. <clears throat> Jesus is information we should pay attention to. There is one in your land. There is one among you that you should pay attention to. I know it seems hard, to, particularly in this news cycle that we perpetually are cycled in, we're oversaturated with news, it can be hard to determine which news is really important. News that you should pay attention to and let guide your life, and which news you can sort of ignore. I got to tell you, I went to my iPhone and I went back and looked at all the breaking news updates that have happened to me this last week. It's hard to understand what's really breaking news and what's not. For instance, one of the first breaking news alerts was Ballard Design right here is having a sale. If you're a Ballard design person and you didn't get the alert, I'll share my coupon code with you and you can go get it. The second one was uh, that the Mavericks won by 50 points yesterday. Thanks be to God. Somebody applauded, I think. (laughs) Finally, you know, something to cheer about. My my third favorite was this. 20 gift ideas for every dad. And I thought, I guess I could just send out the link and I'll know exactly what I'm going to get in the mail from my parents. That's information, but it's not information that I need. It's not information that needs to shape my life in a particular way. The Gospel of Mark says, I have breaking news. And this is news that you should pay attention to, and it should help shape your life. The second thing that the Gospel of Mark wants us to know is, Jesus is this news, and that news is always good. That news is always good always good. It's really important that we pay attention to this opening line that Mark wants us to know, that Jesus is news, and Jesus is always good news because the next thing that comes from the gospel writer is wilderness. Wilderness is the uh, place where you least expect good news to come from. Wilderness is disorienting. Wilderness is isolating. Wilderness is uh, when you feel like you don't know know where to turn next. Wilderness uh, can incite fear. It can incite doubt. It can incite questions. Can good news come from the wilderness? The Gospel of Mark wants us to say there is news you need to pay attention to and that news is always good and that news is going to come to you from the wilderness. I don't know about you, but I've never met a person who has never experienced wilderness. Every person I've ever met has had an experience in the wilderness. If you're in the wilderness this morning, our prayers are with you. Maybe you are working your ways through the final paths of a wilderness. Maybe you have, maybe you're on the other side of wilderness and you can sort of see it like that wall over there and you can appreciate everyone who's wrestling with something. We all know wilderness, the wilderness of a diagnosis, not for you, but for your grandchild. And you've been praying every morning, that the procedure that she is going to receive is actually going to be the cure that provides her health. The wilderness of infertility, that's a loneliness. That's a particular type of wilderness that I pray no one has to go through. And yet we show up here at the church, the one place that we want comfort and hope and direction. And all we hear this time of year is the story of a child, of a birth, of a life, when that's all we want. Or the wilderness of losing your job. You polished off your resume. You've been having uh, lunch meetings you've huddled up over coffee, you're trying to work your network, and it's been months, you just can't get a break, and you wonder, I thought I was in the wilderness of the job hunt. But now six months in, you think, maybe that's not the wilderness I'm in. Maybe the wilderness I'm in is the wilderness of identity. Who am I now that I don't have anything to say at the Christmas party? So what do you do? Maybe it's the wilderness of loss and grief. Maybe you lost a grandparent or a parent or a spouse or a dear friend. Maybe it's the wilderness of a relationship that is fractured. It's finally broken. They just moved out. Rented an apartment just down the street. Maybe you're in the wilderness of divorce. Can anything good? Can anything good come from the wilderness? I mean, that that, that is to say, uh, can anything good come from suffering? Can anything good come from pain or loss? I believe every person that has ever walked this earth has asked that question at some point in their life. Can anything good come from this? And the Gospel of Mark says right there at the beginning, this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As if to say, the good news is going to come to you in your wilderness. The good news is going to find you where you least expect it. I don't know about you, but when I'm in the wilderness of my life, I feel like I'm the only one who must be going through something hard. When I am in the wilderness seasons of my life, I feel like maybe I'm the only one who's ever had to wrestle with this. When I'm in the wilderness seasons of my life, I got to tell you, hope is pretty hard to come by. I can go negative like that. When I'm in the wilderness seasons of my life, I'm not really sure what I believe or think about anything. And yet, if we were to uh, read the entire biblical narrative, start in Genesis, end in Revelation, one of the things that we would find in all of the scriptures is that wilderness is actually not a place of isolation. Wilderness is not a place where we are alone. Wilderness is actually a place of God's provision. Wilderness is actually a place of God's presence. Think about it. The Israelites were in the wilderness, and who was with them? God. Moses was in the wilderness. Who shows up? God. Elijah was in the wilderness, and who is with Elijah? God. And now Jesus is in the wilderness, and who is there? God. God. Jesus came from a town, Nazareth. We all know, can anything good come from Nazareth? And Jesus comes from Nazareth and goes into the wilderness to meet John the Baptist, the baptizer. And John baptizes Jesus. And when he had been baptized, God says, This is my beloved. In whom I am well pleased. It's in the wilderness where Jesus begins his ministry. You know, Henry Nouwen, the great Jesuit, says that uh, it's easy for us to read this text and to see that God proclaims Jesus as the beloved. But there's also an invitation in this text. Henry Nouwen says it's one thing to know that you are loved, it's one thing to know that you are claimed. It's one thing to know that you belong, and it it's an entirely different thing to actually accept it. Henry Nowen says, there is a proclamation. Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased, and there is an invitation for Jesus to be dash loved. It's one thing hear that you are loved. It's one thing to hear that you belong. It's one thing to hear that you are claimed. It's an entirely different thing to live and to be loved. If we uh, turn the next 15 pages of Scripture and we see what Jesus does after this baptism, Jesus takes this proclamation and this invitation right into the wilderness of people's lives. Jesus goes to the shores of people's lives where they are broken and hurting. People who are wrestling with demons, people who are wrestling with ailments, people who are hungry for food, but also for a different way of life. Jesus shows up on the shores of their lives and says, You are beloved, you belong to me. So be loved. Jesus goes right into the wilderness shows up right on the shores of people's lives so that they know that they are claimed and loved. Jesus shows up in the wilderness of people's lives to bring hope out of despair, light out of darkness, life out of death. I was tempted this week to end the sermon with some really beautiful story I know to wrap this thing up in a box, put a bow on it, and just make us all feel better. That's not what the Gospel of Mark, that's not what the writer of Mark would do. I think the Gospel writer would end it this way. Beloved, Beloved, Christ will show up in the midst of your wilderness (coughs) to show you that you are loved You belong and you are claimed. So be loved. No, 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 really, you're loved. You're claimed. You belong. No, 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 no. I know you feel like you didn't do anything to deserve it. That's not the point. You're loved. You belong, you're claimed, so be loved, allow yourself to be loved. We believe, help our unbelief. We pray in Christ's holy name, amen.
1: Trusting that God calls us and claims us as God's beloved people, I invite you to rise in spirit or in body and let us affirm together our faith from the Creed of Hope. I believe in the God that accompanies me along every step of my path on this earth, many times walking behind me, watching me, suffering with my mistakes, other times walking beside me, talking to me and teaching me, and other times walking ahead of me, guiding and marking my pace. I believe in the God of flesh and blood, Jesus Christ, the God who lived in my skin and tried on my shoes, the God who walked in my ways and knows of lights and shadows, the God who ate and starved, who had a home and suffered loneliness, who was praised and condemned kissed and spat on, loved and hated, the God who went to parties and funerals, the God who laughed and cried. I believe in God. Friends, you may be seated. There is something joyful about this season, about giving gifts to one another. John gave Jesus the gift of baptism, and Jesus gives us the gift of new life. And so we are invited to give back to the church, to those in need, and there are many ways we can do that. We can give in our offering plates to the mission and ministries of this church. We can give to the children of our cities through our angel tree table, and we can give through our international partners through our Malawian mission, and the gifts that can be found in the atrium. So friends with joyful and generous hearts, let us give this morning of our tithes and offerings. Gracious God, we believe that a better day is coming, a day where swords will be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. So today we give to you all that we have with hope in our hearts to prepare the way for the holy day. Use these gifts to bring your peace here. Gratefully we pray, amen. You may be seated. As you've heard this morning, the Gospel of Mark begins with the ritual. It begins with baptism. There's something powerful about ritual. For in ritual, we train our hearts hearts and minds to imagine what could be. And so today, we have another holy ritual. You are invited to this table which is part ritual and part prophetic reminder of what could be. And so we gather around this table and dream together and dream of a world where all God's people are fed. We also acknowledge that this table feels full today because after this service, our deacons will take the gifts of this table into the streets of our cities to serve our home-centered members who cannot be with us today. And so we bless the gifts of this table, remembering that these are not just for us who are present here, but for all God's people. So friends, come to this feast. Come and experience God's love. For God loves you. Be loved. Come and feast.
0: Let us pray. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
2: It is right to give
0: thanks and It is truly right, God of all nations, to give you thanks. For we know that love is real. We have felt it in our bones the way cold air finds our lungs and music finds our memories. So today we praise you for the beauty of this morning, and for the sun that never fails to rise. We praise you for the children that run freely through the hallways of this church, comfortable, safe, and loved. We thank you for the adults that love them, and for the faithful in this community who have prepared a way for us to be here today. Your church. We make mental lists, God, of all the things that we are grateful for and run out of room to write them all down, for our cup overflows. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn singing. We also know that winter is real. So in between choruses of holy, 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 we also give you our hurt. For you have promised to love us through the valleys and through our darkest nights. So today we pray for all of those who are lost and lonely. We pray for those that are wishing on stars, wondering if they're the same ones that Jesus slept under. We pray for the hurting who pray the song, O come, Emmanuel. And we pray for those who see the joy of the season but cannot seem to access that joy for themselves. Prepare a way for them to take the next step towards healing, whatever that might be. God, as we wait for your promised day, give us the wisdom to wrap our arms around those who are hurting, the compassion to link elbows with those who are weak, and the strength to stand (coughs) tall for those who feel small. Give us the strength to love your people with the same sense of urgency that Mark wrote of. For we know that love is real. We have felt it in our bones. Great is the mystery of faith. lift all of these prayers to you, those said and those left unsaid. So with hope in our hearts we pray together the words your Son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art, who art, is art is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will, be done, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us as we forgive our and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, on the night of his arrest, Jesus was at table with his disciples. And he took the bread, and after giving thanks to God for it, he broke it. And he gave it to them. And he said, Take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. So do this in remembrance of me.
1: In the same way, he took the cup. said, This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood, poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. Friends, this morning we will take up communion in the pews. As the trays are passed, we invite you to partake of the bread, which is gluten-free, and pass it to your neighbor and offer them the body of Christ. And as the cups come through, which is juice, We ask that you hold the cup and let us partake as a sign of our unity. Friends, this is the feast of God for the people of God. Come, all is ready, and all are invited. Come. Come. Family of God, the cup of salvation poured out for you.
0: Friends, let us pray. God, once again you poured out your spirit on this table. Once again all were fed, and what a miracle that is in this hungry world so we ask once more that you would pour out your spirit on us. Drench us with your fire. Baptize us with your spirit. Our laces are tied. We are ready to go. Amen.
3: to invite those uh, who are part of our outreach communion team that is going to leave right after worship to come join me up on the steps. We, uh, you may not know this, but we have folks who will go and serve communion to our homebound members, and they literally will meet people in the wilderness, they will meet people thriving, and they will extend this table. So friends, beloved, beloved, as you go forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world. May God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them. May God take our lips and speak through them. And may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. And guide us in our many, 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 many different ways this day and all of our days. Amen. Amen.